Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Welcome to episode 119 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I am so happy to be here with you today, and I am so thrilled and honored and humbled and all of the above that you are tuning into this show. I know I say it a lot, but I'm just so, so grateful that you're here and that you're with me and that you're listening. So thank you. Thank you. It really does mean the world to me that somebody actually cares about what I have to say. And it helps, you know, even if my message just helps one person, that just, I mean, it just means everything to me. And I'm just so, so thankful to have so, so many listeners to the show and women in the Date Yourself Challenge and women in the Love Action Tribe. It just makes me so happy to be able to share my gifts of coaching and leading and inspiring with so, so many of you all. So thank you for allowing me to have this platform to do that. But I really genuinely hope that whether or not you join the Love Action Tribe or ever work with me in any official capacity, even if all you do is listen to this podcast, I hope that in some way, it helps you feel a little bit better, a little bit more confident, and helps you to live the life you really want and call in the love that you desire and deserve. So today I have another coaching conversation for you, and I'm really excited about this conversation. Now, I've mentioned before, and I actually think I mentioned it last week on the show with Stacey, about how, yes, expect the inner child to come up a lot on the show, because it really is a core issue for so many people when it comes to dating and relationships. And I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again, dating or or 
I should say fruitless dating or having frustrations around dating, that is a symptom. It's not the problem. Your profile, your appearance or how you think you're supposed to be acting or all of those things, like all of those things are symptoms. But your core issues is what's actually going to clear up the symptoms, right? Like if you're sick, some, well, some illnesses, you all, all you can do is just um, manage the symptoms. But for some illnesses, you can actually, you know, take a medicine to get rid of like the bacteria that's causing strep throat rather than just taking ibuprofen to make your throat better, right? So just focusing on like, just the dating, like my profile or the texting game, or should I say that or do this or wear this or wear that? That is like just taking ibuprofen when you have strep throat. Is it going to make the swelling in your throat go down and maybe make it feel a little bit better? Sure. But the strep throat's not going to go away because it's a bacterial illness and you have to take an antibiotic to get rid of the bacteria. And it's the same thing here when it comes to playing out old issues from childhood. I really believe that we're all playing out old issues, unresolved issues from childhood, especially as it relates to our parents. And unless we are able to manage that and deal with that, then it shows up in different ways as adults. I often talk about the TV show, This Is Us. I love it. If you don't watch it, I highly recommend. But it's a really good show just to really see. And they do a really good job, I think, of showing how something in childhood, you can create a story around it, and then that can affect your reality or your beliefs or your mindset or your emotions as an adult. And it really is, I mean, it's real. Like, like I have gotten on the phone with so many women doing coaching calls, and they're in their 30s or 40s or 50s or even older. And I'm talking about something that happened with them when they were six years old, and they are in tears. And they're like, how is this like, bringing up all this stuff. And I'm like, well, because this thing might have happened, you know, decades ago, but you've been playing out that same wound over and over again. So the wound never really got healed. So it's still like open and it's gaping. And so of course, it's going to hurt. So crying isn't such a crazy thing to uh, to do. So with my coaching call with Carrie, we do focus specifically on a lot of her issues that come from her parents. And I really love this conversation because we go, you know, obviously, like, I don't have time to get into both of her parents because she's playing on issues from her mom and her dad. So we really had to make a choice in the call. And you'll hear me as we coach, you know, she immediately goes to her parents, and she talks about her dad, and she talks about her her mom. And I even make the bold statement, I'm like, I have a feeling you're playing out old issues from your dad. And she's like, yeah, I've, I've been told that before. But here's what's going on with my mom. And so with her mom is really where we focused on and much of our coaching conversation. But her dad certainly came up um, a few times, especially towards the end. But here's the thing that I think we discovered is she was playing out her issues from her mom and issues from her dad, but in two totally different ways. And so I love to share, I'm excited to share this conversation with you because a lot of times, you know, I might give an example of something of a way you might be playing out an old issue from mom or from dad. And you might be thinking, oh, but that doesn't apply to me because my relationship with my parents was great or whatever it is. And even if you had a great relationship with parents, doesn't mean you can't be playing out some stories that you might have created from some incident or relationship that you that you had. But what this conversation does is she's playing out her issues with her mom and her dad in very, very different ways. And I'm really excited for you to see that and to listen to that. So as you're listening to my coaching conversation with Carrie, I want you to consider 
do the situations with your partners or the men that you date feel familiar? So when have you felt like this before, especially as it relates to relationships with mom or dad, or any kind of quest to receive love or approval or attention from someone else in your life? And consider, do you see yourself as a self-improvement project and want to change or fix certain parts of yourself? And do you find yourself trying to act more relaxed, more vulnerable, or more like yourself because you're told that's what you quote unquote should do, but in reality, in trying to play it cool, you're actually trying to control the process of not controlling the process. So I talk a little bit about with Carrie, so you'll see what I mean when we get to that. But I think a lot of women are are doing that. So keep these questions in mind as you listen into my conversation with Carrie and let's get right to it. All right, we are back and I've got Carrie with me. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you. So what's your question? How can I help you today? I guess my question would be, I seem to get attached to men so quickly and throw everything into it. And then if it doesn't work out after a couple of dates, it's like devastating. It's so hard to get over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what causes me to get so attached to them, but I also don't really know how to stop being so attached to them either, you know? Yeah. Well, how long has this been going on for? Oh, forever. Like with everybody I've ever met, you know, anybody who I've been interested in, you know, like you have those bad dates where you're like, nope, that's not for me. But you know, when you go on a good date and you're like, oh, wow, we talked well and things went well and you seem to have things in common. And then if it fizzles out, it's like, I take it so personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when a date is going well and you're interested in someone and you want it to continue, um, what is it that, what specifically does it make you feel? Like what, what are the thoughts? What are the feelings? Describe that experience for me. I guess it's like excited and hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the, probably the two biggest feelings, excited and hopeful. Okay. And does it, and does it um, mean anything to you in terms of like how you feel about yourself or what it means for you as a, as a human? Yeah, I think it does because... I just feel like I've experienced so much rejection and so much disappointment in my life that it builds me up and makes me feel like, Oh, look, I'm not so bad. Maybe somebody would be out there would be willing to be in it with me, you know, Mm. especially because men give so much at the beginning, they totally throw everything into it. And then after a few dates, they back off. And then that's when I have the problem, Mm -hmm. you know, when they back off, then I get like really clingy. Okay. Okay. Um, you said something earlier and my calendar just dinged, which like distracted me. So we'll have to, <laughs> I want to get back to um, what you said earlier about how if someone's interested in you, it means like someone actually wants to be with you. Like it almost feels like, like a surprise or like a pleasant surprise. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where have you experienced that before? Or where have you felt that before? That somebody wants to be with me? Well, not necessarily that someone wants to be with you, but more of like going deeper in that you're worthy of having someone's attention or getting someone's attention or love, affection, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's more instances where I'm not worthy of it. 
And so when I feel like somebody's giving me the attention, then it's like, oh my gosh, I've never had this before, or I've rarely had this before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the relationship like with your with your dad? He wasn't around very much. Okay. Um, and he, yeah, he, I mean, he was just pretty much the, an absent father for the most part. But there were parts of him that, like, he was the one who taught me how to stick up for myself in certain instances and how to um, not accept the scraps. Whereas my mom, who was around a lot, didn't teach me any of that. Okay. All right, let's break this down a little bit. Your dad taught you to not accept the scraps. Well, he, he tried, you know, like there, I can remember like any instance I was taught about sticking up for myself or feeling good about myself or not accepting the scraps was from my dad who was hardly around. Okay. So he told you to not accept the scraps, but he was basically giving you scraps. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Let's, okay, I want to, if we have time, I want to get both into relationship with mom and dad, because a lot of times as women, our relationships with our fathers are what we replicate or try to replicate or heal in relationships with men as an adult, but it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes like we have mommy issues, even if we're mm-hmm. a heterosexual female and it's the opposite, like it can be any combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just feeling a pull that there's something here with your father and not to say that there's not anything with your mother that's you're playing out. It just, I feel like your father is what's being played out here. Is that, is that something you, does that resonate? Is that, do you agree with that? You know, I've always had people say that it's like daddy issues and I can see that, mm-hmm. but I feel like it might be more towards my mom Okay. I've never been able to get really clear, but you know, with my mom, I felt like because she was in this horrible marriage that just wasn't what she wanted in her life, she was really sad and very emotionally withdrawn. Mm-hmm. So it's like with my dad, it's like he was never there. I didn't really know to, to expect any different. And with my mom, she was there and I still didn't get attention. So I, I think that like my you know, if I were to blame somebody in life, I blame her more because well, it's, she not about, it's not about blaming. Okay. And it's not about saying who was more right or who was more wrong. That's not mm-hmm. the way that's helpful to look at this. Okay. It's more helpful to look at from, or the perspective that's more helpful to look at this from is how did their actions or lack of actions, what created a bigger meaning or what did you create a bigger story around? I think that my story and whether it came from one of them or both of them was that I was unwanted, unloved. I was a second, I was the second twin. Like my sister was born first. So I felt like she was always the favorite. She was always the one who was wanted. And I was just kind of like the hanger on. Okay. 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 So just what you said to me just now. That sounds very, very, um, it's, it's very much mirroring what you said earlier and that when someone does give you attention or shows interest or whatever, um, it, it very much shows, um, you know, this belief of, um, 
oh, someone actually wants to be with me, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. that, that to me sounds like your inner child. Yeah. So, all right. Let's let's focus on your mom. And then I, I do want to get back to your dad because I, okay. I still stand by for what I think. And I know okay. people might say like, oh, you have daddy issues. And it's almost like a joke at this yeah. point. <laughs> say. And like, it's like funny, but it's actually not really funny. <laughs> right? I know we're, we're chuckling about it, but... Um, you know, when you're, a, when you're, a, when anyone's a child, not just you, but when anyone's a child, your parents are, um, they literally what keep you alive, right? Like they're mm-hmm. literally life and death for the first few years of your life. And then theoretically, you know, you could make it up on your own, but obviously like there's still the emotional thing <laughs> of mm-hmm. feeling abandoned by your parents. But so when, when you don't feel like your parents are really there for you and your parents, um, aren't really that figure of almost being like a God, like they just are perfect and they keep you alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it creates like this um, kind of just like this innate response when we start not feeling the love, it, it, it creates this response in us that feels like trauma. And so then we carry it on throughout the rest of our life. And it's very, it's the same idea as like PTSD. And I'm not saying that you have PTSD or everyone with daddy issues has PTSD because in some ways we all have parent issues. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same type of thing. And so then when you're feeling like, um, Oh, someone's giving you attention and then they pull it away. Um, then that feels probably really close to maybe what dad felt like when he came and tried to give you like this fatherly advice and then he would pull away mm-hmm. and then he would come back. And then he would pull away. Whereas like your mom was just like this constant source of just um, not being there. It seems to me like the, the dad thing might be what you're playing out. And the mom thing might be what you're projecting onto yourself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So let's break this down. Okay. So um, is there a memory that comes up for you? I know you've done some of this exercise with me before. And so it could be an a memory that's come up before or a new one that's coming up into your mind right now, but some sort of like memory or just some sort of experience that you had with your mom or your dad or both at the same time doesn't necessarily have to be separate. Um, of that just really epitomizes the relationship you had with each one of them. Um. <clears throat> Well, with my, there's a couple with my mom, mm-hmm. like one, we were playing a board game. The family was actually all there, all four of us. Okay. We were playing a board game and it was something about countries and, and I called Nigeria nigger and my mom lost her top and just scolded me and yelled. And I was like six, mm-hmm. she just scolded me and yelling at me and just like basically made me feel like I'm this horrible person. Cause I didn't know. Right you know, what that was. Um, and I feel like that's like what I w- what happened all the time. You know, I was never taught anything. I was always just berated and made to feel like I was stupid and bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so when a relationship doesn't go the way you want it to go, what's the self-talk? What do you tell yourself? It's always, oh, if I would have been done something different mm-hmm. or said something different or been more easygoing or not, you know, not done something, mm-hmm. then maybe he would have stayed. Mm-hmm. 
And whose voice is that? I don't know. I think it's my mom's. I mean, I, I mean, I always think that it's my mom yeah. or like the energy that I picked up from my mom about my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 100% your mom. Your, base, your mom was telling you that you're wrong. I mean, you're six years old, right? Like you don't yeah. understand these things, especially as a Caucasian woman. Maybe if you were not Caucasian, maybe. Yeah. Right? But at six years old, I mean, like you can hardly read. <laughs> yeah. Old, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and your mom was making you wrong instead of making it a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. You were just wrong. Yep. And you've just internalized that now. And to me, that seems to be one piece of this puzzle, mm-hmm. right? Like you're so hard on yourself when a relationship or a date or a few dates or whatever it is, doesn't go the way you want it to go. You're so hard on yourself. Yeah. And you beat yourself up and, how are you supposed, I mean, imagine like, um, I don't know if the relationship is like, what's it? Well, let me ask you, what's the relationship like with your mom now? If you have one. Mm, it's shallow. Okay. We can't really talk about things. Okay. She gets really mad. And when she gets mad, well, we both get really mad, but when she gets mad, she just walks away and ignores me. Okay. So I have a really hard time with like that whole men not telling you that they're leaving. You know, okay. that just, all of a sudden you just never hear from them again. Right. Okay. So, um, so then coming back to, um, you know, coming back to then present time, like let's say your mom was living with you. Okay. Mm. And was just as critical as she was when you were six years old of like every time a date didn't go well, what would that be like? Like if she were critical, if I went on a date and it didn't go yeah. well. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, well, you dressed like this, you said this. And she was just like nitpicking every single thing that you could have done differently or should have done differently. Like, what would that be like? Mm, well, she doesn't really do that, but this is, this I mean, it would feel good. Okay. <laughs> this is theoretical. This is just like yeah. replicating what she used to do when, she, when you were oh, six okay. years old. Mm-hmm. And let's say it was still going on today and she was living with you just like she was when you were six years old. What would that be like? It would be horrible. Yeah. It would be like your own personal hell. Yeah. But you're, but you're creating that for yourself. Yeah. And can you see, it's easier to see sometimes when you take that inner voice and like put it onto someone else and like make it like a outside of yourself type situation, because then you can see if your mom was like that, you probably just wouldn't even want to, try anymore and you'd be operating from this place of fear rather than this place of curiosity and excitement and femininity Mm. right yeah Yeah. but tell me if this is true or not i have a feeling that when you go on a date or when you're messaging with someone like you're just watching every move every word you say because it might be the wrong thing or look the wrong way or come off the way you didn't mean to does that does that feel true well, I'm trying not to do that as much, but like just happened the other day, I was messaging with somebody online and I like used a, a cuss word and then I never heard from him again, even though he was like, seemed to be really into me. So as soon as that happened, I'm like, see, if you didn't use the cuss word, then he would have emailed you back. And, you know, so then it starts going like that. So I'm trying not to be that way, but you know, I'm trying to be more just who I am and just being accepting of it. But 
but it can flip back around onto that blaming thing as soon as something goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're in the love action tribe. Um, and there's definitely a lot of stuff with your mom here that you just got to cut out, right? Like these habits of, um, you know, not being really mean to yourself and um, criticizing yourself for every little thing that you do or don't do or whatever it is. Um, I think obviously you logically know that you, you need to do this. And I think from, from, you know, from this point, you know, before this point, that you might have been trying to get this voice out of your head by sheer willpower. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that feel true? Yeah. Okay. Does willpower work? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it works a little bit, but then like it's going to stop working and whatever field we're talking about, relationships, health, fitness, weight loss, I mean, career willpower only gets you so far. So there's a few ways um, to, to look at this. Now, I know that you're in the love action tribe, so you've done the, the, um, exercise of the challenges from, from March. And so I think especially doing that meditation from March, and you might need to do that like 10 times, right? Doing that cutting the cord meditation of just letting your mom's voice go and letting her go and letting her do her thing because your mom's going to be who she is and how she is. And unless she decides to change, right? Like mm-hmm. wishing she was different or trying to change her or thinking it doesn't bother you, but it really does or whatever it is like none of that's going to work, right? Like it's just, if she has to decide to do something about it and, and the way she treats you and probably others and also probably herself, which is probably a lot more a lot worse than what she treats you. That's just coming from her own pain and mm-hmm. her own core wounds that she never healed. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing that I want you to do is, and this might seem a little counter, counterintuitive, but let's think about this part of you that um, has really internalized your mom's voice. Okay. Okay. Um, how has this part of you that's internalized your mom's voice, how has she served you? I don't know that she has. (laughs) Well, there's definitely a payoff, right? There's definitely a payoff because if there was no payoff, you would not have internalized what she was saying. Well, I mean, I don't know, because I feel like it's just caused so many negative things in my life. I don't even know what the payoff would be. Well, generally, when it comes to these things, these parts of us that we wish were different or would change, um, generally, these parts of us are keeping us safe. Mm. And it might be a false sense of safety or security, but the part of you that's projecting or that's projecting, excuse me, but internalizing your mom's voice um, to me, in some ways she was also probably um, keeping you safe. Yeah. In some way. And I, and I believe that your mom loved you. Um, it was probably more of like a fear-based love, like, mm-hmm. her, you know, Carrie's, 
does what she needs to do and doesn't sound like a racist or like whatever, you know, the things are that she's yelling at you for. And so it comes out of love. I mean, it's a fear-based love, but it's still, it's still absolutely love. And you've just internalized that for yourself because it's the same thing. Like, like no, like human is going to purposely put themselves in danger. Right. Right. Um, Like we just, we just don't really, don't really operate like that, but it's, it's, um, it's like, it's misinformation, mm-hmm. the wrong information, right? Like we think, and your mother thinks that you'll stay safe if you show up in a certain way, mm-hmm. how women are supposed to show up with men or on a date or whatever, whoever's rules, you know, these are coming from, it's coming from the patriarchy, but like, you know, someone else made these rules. And so I'm trying to help you make sure that you follow them. So you seem desirable to a man. Yeah. And it keeps you safe. But it also holds you back, yes, and we're yeah. that. But it keeps you safe. And the reason why it's really important to see this is because if I were to say to you, Carrie, we really need to get rid of this part that's internalizing your mom's voice. Like she's just doing all this bad stuff and she's wrong and she just needs to like go on her merry way. Right. Mm-hmm. If I were to say that to you. How different is that by, how different is that from me just saying like, Carrie, you're just wrong. You're just doing everything wrong. It's a, it's a huge difference. Well, I already think I'm, you know, like I've, I've grown up thinking I'm doing everything wrong. So to be like, you know, you're not really doing everything wrong. And in fact, you're probably doing a lot of things right. And we just have to get rid of these old records that are playing in your head. Right. Yes. My, and my point is, is that by saying, oh, this part of me that internalizes my mom's voice is wrong or is bad or whatever the word is that you want to use, that's, that's just the same thing. That's just the same. Mm. It's like reinforcing the same thing that got you to where you are here mm. right now in the first mm-hmm. place, which is like, I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm doing something mm-hmm. wrong, I'm not good enough. And so instead, by approaching this part of you that wants to um, internalize your mom's voice with so much love and compassion and understanding and say, Carrie, I know this part of me that wants to internalize my mom's voice. I know you're just trying to keep me safe. And I'm so, so thankful that you're doing that for me. And I so appreciate, and I see you doing that for me, but it's time for you to have another role in my life because it's holding me back. And it's, it's safe to make a mistake. It's safe to maybe do something that's embarrassing or silly. Um, it's safe to be myself because someone else might actually really like that. I cuss a lot or whatever it is. Right. Can <laughs> yeah. you see the difference in the yeah. in two kinds of self-talk? Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of women when they get into the personal growth, self-help mm-hmm. world is they see themselves as like a fixture upper project or like something mm-hmm. wrong with them and like always a work in progress. And that mindset can be, really, really harmful and can really keep one in this cycle of like never good enough. The same cycle that got you into self-help or the same belief that got you in the self-help in the first place, but it's just reinforcing this idea that you're not good enough or you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. So in addition to cutting the cord, letting go of your, your mom, I really also want you to nurture this relationship with this part of you that internalizes your mom's voice and see her as a part of you that loves you. And is just trying to keep you safe. She's not wrong. She's not bad. She's not 
less than anything. Um, she just has some misunderstandings. Okay. And, you know, you're the boss. I don't know if that's the, like the right connotation, but like you're, you're in control, right? Like mm-hmm. You're steering the ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so you can give people different, you know, like if you're a captain on a ship, we'll just go with that analogy. If you're a captain on a ship, like you can give people different jobs or whatever. And so you're just giving this part of, part of you a new job, a new job description. Okay. okay. Like that job description. One thing that I really encourage my clients to do is um, this idea of um, emptying the vessel. So before, and this might be a really good exercise to do. So, okay. So first you're just going to nurture this relationship. You can do that through letters, talking to her, you know, all of that kind of good stuff and get more support in the love action tribe. If you want more ideas. Um, But the other thing is, and this is like the real time, exercise is before you go to message someone or respond to someone or reach out to someone new or go on a date or whatever it is, sit really quietly and as still as you possibly can just breathe until you can feel yourself emptying the vessel. So just imagine that your body is just a vessel and it's a vessel of people's ideas, your ideas, other people's beliefs, your beliefs, like all sorts of things, right? There's all sorts of good stuff, not so great stuff that we've collected through the years inside our body, right? Mm -hmm. You're the vessel. So just clear it all out, quiet the mind as much as possible. Just focus on the breath, right? So this is just like basic meditation and just clearing, clearing, clearing. And then whatever the question is, like, how do I respond? Or um, what am I going to say to this guy? Or how am I going to show up on this date? Like, let the answer come from this place of the empty vessel and then operate from that place rather than this place of like, you know, because I I almost wonder if like there's this part of you that's on the one hand, you're trying to not – be super controlling with what you say and, you know, but like you're, you're really controlling that to not control what you say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was a big string of ideas. But yeah. I feel like that's what's going on. As well. Yeah. Um, it's probably true. <laughs> and so just clearing the vessel. Okay. What do I want to say? How do I want to respond? How do I want to show up? Um, you know, whatever, whatever the question is and coming from that place of just this emptiness and it might take some time. Um, and doing the, um, cutting the cord meditation and those types of exercises, the forgiveness exercises, everything from what we did in March in the love action tribe will, will help the underneath part. So that when you do go to clear the vessel, it feels a little bit easier. Like if you're only trying to clear the vessel, but not doing like the deeper work, like mm-hmm. the board, then like, it's going to feel like a, you're trying to push a boulder uphill. But if you're doing both concurrently, um, then you'll find clearing the vessel to get easier and easier. The more you try it and do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I've been talking a lot. So what are you, what's coming up for you? Um, well, I, I really like that, ner- the like what you're saying about me controlling the controlling the controlling. You know, like I feel like that's true. And I, so I like that empty in the vessel thing and trying to come from a, a place of, you know, just like a clean ship, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the nurturing that voice that gives me so much 
pain. Um, yeah. And I've been doing a lot of inner child work, but I think I need to just continue doing it. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, um, you know, once you mentioned, you know, your mom, I know that you've been doing inner child work because I know that's, you know, after I know you from the Love Action Tribe. Um, I think the inner child work is going to relate a lot to your dad. Okay. Um, because I do think you're playing out those old patterns from your dad. Remember your dad was coming and going. Like mm-hmm. he, was there, he wasn't there most of the time, but he still was there just enough for you to be like, Ooh, dad, daddy. Yeah. And like, he was trying to be fatherly by teaching you, you know, don't take scraps or whatever, but he was freaking giving you the scraps. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good point. Um, and again, it's not making him wrong or bad people. I really truly believe that everyone is doing the best they can with the tools mm-hmm. and knowledge they have. And sometimes there's just different levels of tools and knowledge that we have. Like if your parents had a lot of issues, core issues, core wounds that they never dealt with, then like they're going to have very few resources in which to, um, to raise children. Right. And it doesn't make them bad. I mean, like I think all society is kind of living like this personally. I know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so they're, they're, like, they're like acting like everyone else is. And we're trying to be like, Oh no, we want to like, you know, live with more consciousness and mindfulness and um, all those, all those good things. So we're kind of like the odd ones out right now. Yeah. That's changing. Um, I think it is changing, but we still have a long, a long way to go. Um, so continue the inner child work. And I think, again, like I said, I think that's going to relate a lot to your dad. Okay. And then then like the mental stuff, like the, the things that you keep telling yourself, that's a lot of stuff from your mom that you've internalized. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Carrie. And like I said, in the intro, I loved this conversation because it highlighted two very distinct ways in which she was playing out old issues. Now, I even said, you know, I really feel like your dad here, you're playing out those old issues from your dad. And she wanted to talk about her mom. And I think that's because she's, you know, like she mentioned, she talked a lot about daddy issues with other people. And she just was like, well, I haven't really talked about my mom yet. So let's focus there. And here, like, and this is not just like the only two ways you potentially play out old issues. But with her dad, she was very much recreating the pattern, right? Her dad was coming and then he was going. And when when he was there, he was trying to act like that father figure. So in you know, a six-year-old's mind, like, oh, I'm going to get the love I want from my dad because he's acting like a dad, but then he would pull away. And and then that pattern just kept going over and over and over again. Actually, after we stopped recording, she mentioned to me, um, Carrie said, oh, you know, Veronica, actually, now that I think about it, my... I actually kind of take scraps from from men, you know, in terms of the texting or when they want to hang out or the dating. Like, I just don't really expect... Um, very high standards for them. So I kind of do take scraps from them just the same way that I take scraps from my dad. So just another way that she was really just playing out that same pattern, because it feels safe. And that's why we play out old patterns. Because even though obviously Carrie does not want to be living this pattern anymore, and whatever pattern that you're in, you're playing out the same pattern, 
obviously you don't want that. I know that you know that and you logically know this and you want something to change. But it feels really comfortable and it feels safe. You know how to cope, you know how to manage, you know how to deal, you know what to say, you know what to do. And it's just hanging out in your comfort zone. And look, I love hanging out in my comfort zone. There's lots of times where I'm like, I love my comfort zone. But the thing is, is that to grow, you really have to be growing what's included in your comfort zone. And so that includes some temporary discomfort as you step a little bit outside of your comfort zone and then eventually that becomes your comfort zone. Because if you're used to this pattern, having someone actually treat you really well, and like how everything that you imagine, you might actually find yourself looking for the catch or looking for, well, this guy's not being genuine, because this is weird. Why is he actually being so, so nice? So you really have to do the work that we talked about in the call with Carrie, which is really nurturing this relationship with her inner child in order to really resolve this core wound that she got from dad coming and going in her early childhood. And then in terms of her mom, she wasn't necessarily playing out the same exact issue, but it was more of like her internalizing. So she almost became, in a way, her own worst critic. And she was probably being way more critical on herself than her mom ever was. But she learned that that um, pattern or she learns that habit of being super critical and overanalyzing every single little thing that she did um, to the point of she just felt scared to be herself or to make a mistake or say something quote unquote dumb, even though there's such thing as saying anything dumb. Um, and, And so that really requires, you know, loving and approving that part of you that what is trying to keep you safe. So right, this part of her that um, that wanted to um, take on this role of her mother's voice was just trying to keep her safe, right? Because in some ways, her mom was just trying to keep her safe too, right? Like trying not to make um, to do anything wrong or to do anything bad or to make anything make anyone upset. You know, that's really the place of where her mom treated her the way she did as a child. But then she carry internalize it in a way of like, Oh, God, I'm not good enough. Um, But again, that voice is just trying to keep you safe. So by making that voice wrong or bad or wanting to get rid of it or any type of negative connotation like that, it only reinforces the belief that something's wrong with you and that you're not good enough and that you have to be fixed and that you're this constant self-improvement project. And all of that is just going to keep you in the same cycle, the same loop of not feeling good enough because when you feel like you're not good enough, you go to self-help. And then the self-help is telling you, oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, or this part of you that's the inner critic is wrong. Well, that gets you back to this belief of, oh, shit, I'm not, I'm wrong, or I'm doing something bad, or I'm not good enough. And then you go more into self-help. And it can just really be this negative downward spiral. So at some point, you just have to stop taking in the advice or listening to the gurus and just be your own guru and really love and accept this part of you and see this part of you is just trying to protect you out of love. And that might be a fear-based love of love coming out of fear. And but that's shiftable. Is that a word? I don't even know. I make up words sometimes. But you you can shift that by really nurturing this part of you and accepting it. For those of you who struggle with anxiety, you might know, um, hopefully, if you've ever worked with anyone around your anxiety or read at least good blog posts or books about anxiety, you know that 
really owning the anxiety and saying, welcome anxiety. I'm so glad you're here. What do you, what are you here now to tell me or to teach me? That is so much more powerful and really helps to subside the anxiety rather than trying to stick your fingers in your ears and go like, la la la, anxiety's not here. I'm ignoring it. It's not here and resisting it because whatever you resist will persist. So just by accepting and owning it and might seem a little counter counterintuitive and it might seem a little bit scary because you're like, oh crap, this is going to make me feel a lot worse. There might be a very short-term pain, but it's going to be for a long-term gain because you'll actually be able to actually work through the mindset shift or the behavior or the emotion or the belief that you are wanting to shift and grow. So I hope this was helpful. And I just wanted to remind you that tomorrow is the last day that the Love Action Tribe is open for enrollment. I've been talking a lot about it. And I'm just so excited about it. I just love this community. And the women in the community are amazing. We had our first community coaching call last night. Um, at the time when this recording is released, at least so depending on when you're listening to this, it was last night, um, when this recording w- went live. And it was just so incredible to meet all of the new women and have the women who were already there before meet the new women and just the community that's already building and just having that little piece of the internet where you can go and feel safe to ask questions or share something that maybe you don't want to share with, you don't have anyone to share in your life, you know, certain ways that you're feeling or questions you don't really feel comfortable asking others. Um, It's just such a beautiful, beautiful community. And it is, um, you know, I wanted to keep the investment low so that a lot of women could benefit from this work. And it's, it's, you know, depending on how much you might spend when you're having a bad day, if you buy something like a pizza and a bottle of wine and maybe some Ben and Jerry's, the your monthly investment for the membership is the membership tribe is a lot less than that will be. So I think in a lot of ways, it's probably going to save you money because instead of just numbing out with bad food or, um, or I should say unhealthy food, because we all love pizza and wine and Ben and Jerry's, but unhealthy food, um, or retail therapy or all that kind of stuff, then you can turn to this group instead for emotional support so that you can grow and not just numb out when you're having a bad day or want support or feeling lonely or feeling isolated. And you know what, if the group's not for you, no skin off my teeth. You can cancel at any time. Um, but the membership community is only open a couple times of year and I'm not opening up it. Yeah. Can't talk. I am not opening it up again until towards the end of 2018. So now is your chance just to check it out and see if the vibe is for you. And if it's not again, no sweat. Um, and another thing that I really love about this community is I know a lot of women come to me and they're like, they've been in therapy or they were in therapy and they have a lot of awareness or understanding around, okay, I know I have childhood issues or I know that it's, you know, I'm in my own way or I have these emotional blocks or whatever it is, but I don't know actually how to change it or what to actually do about it. And I called this community the Love Action Tribe because I went, well, two reasons. One, because I love Love Actually. And two, because I really want you to take action. And so every Monday morning, I will send you a super simple, just, um, um, challenge that will take you less than 30 minutes to do that will move the needle forward. So if you're in the date yourself challenge, that was great, obviously, but doing a challenge every single day can be a little overwhelming and probably not sustainable in the long run because you got your life to live, you got things to do. Um, But I think having just a weekly challenge helps you to move the needle forward without it being being too overwhelming. And then of course, the accountability, I won't even get into that because I've been talking about the community ad nauseum here. I think you get the point 
But if you're looking for that accountability, if you're looking for that community, and if you're looking for just little bite-sized action pieces that you can do every week just to move the needle forward, then I really encourage you to check out the Love Action Tribe and consider trying us out. And if you love it, stick around. I'm pretty sure you will love it. But if not, again, you can cancel at any time. You don't have to have a reason or an excuse. You can just say, nope, not for me. Of course, I'd love to get your feedback about the community, but you certainly don't need like a long drawn out explanation to me or anything like that. So again, to check it out and to join us, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. The community will close um, or enrollment to the community will close on Friday, May 11th. So again, depending on when you're listening to this episode, that's super soon. So please don't delay no procrastination here. Otherwise, you might miss us. And if you did miss us, then you can still head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe so that you can get on the wait list. And as soon as the tribe opens up again at the end of 2018, you'll be the first to know so that you don't miss out. Okay, my dears, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I can't wait to meet many of you in the tribe and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.